0: Unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is the Retail Warzone Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Retail Warzone Podcast. I'm Steve. I'm joined by my co-host, The Irish Connection. I would like everybody to know that our podcast is sponsored by The Serving Times. As if customer service wasn't ridiculous enough, Pulitzer Prize winning, just to let you know. Uh, The link to the Serving Times is in the description of the video, along with uh, the Serving Times new edition on Substack. So please go check it out. It's great reading. Having said that, um, there's a lot we're going to kind of go over. Um, I've got like four or five slides to go through, and it's going to be a culmination of a lot of different things that kind of, you know, um, go together. And then after that, the, you know, the entire, the title of the episode is, you know, a heart-to-heart talk. And I think it's something that we, you know, need to continue to discuss because these situations are bad. And, you know, some of you know my stance on them already. We've covered this in the past, but we're at a point in time now with uh, the podcast where it's time to revisit some older topics um, that maybe some people who hadn't been around. Uh, very long have missed so that's kind of what we're going to do so having said that i will gonna start mm-hmm. with this uh, this was in the news fairly recently a uh, perfect dad <laughs> killed by suspected cold-blooded cvs shoplifter bet he ain't talking no more um, jerry survey allegedly asked for a beer after fatally shooting michael jacobs a cvs store manager in arizona uh, Michael Jack- Jacobs, an Arizona CVS manager, came home from work at 10.50 p.m. every night like clockwork except on September 7th, his wife told Fox News Digital. That Thursday night, Jared allegedly was caught shoplifting and came back to kill Jacobs because he was tired of being bullied, and this was the last straw, Mesa police said. Stacey, Michael's wife of 23 years and their kids, didn't know what happened, but she said they had a bad feeling when it was past midnight and he wasn't home. Stacy said she didn't know what to do. She called local hospitals to see if he was there, but no luck. She asked one of her kids to Google Mike's store. That's when they found out there was a shooting. They beelined it to the CBS on the way. Police called looking for Stacy. I don't think anything else because I know how good my husband is with security and safety at that store, she said. But the man, police officer, tells me that there was a tragedy at the store. Mike has been shot. It was very brief, but they wanted to make sure that I understood that he was gone, you know, that he's deceased. He got shot. He got killed. During their conversation, Stacy said police had a suspect in custody who didn't have any type of remorse or something like that. She said, I just cannot believe that Mike got taken down like that because he runs the store like a star and nothing ever happens. Four hours before Michael was killed, the suspected gunman was believed to be shoplifting, according to Mesa police, which said CVS declined to prosecute and let him go. Survey allegedly went home, grabbed his gun, and returned to the store where he specifically wanted to see Michael and told employees to get the customers out of the store, according to prosecutors. Jared made spontaneous statements to officers telling them, I did it. I'm guilty. I planned this, and I bet he ain't talking expletive no more, now is he? Prosecutor said during his first court appearance last week. Then Save allegedly asked cops for a beer because I'm going away for like 20 years. The prosecutor related. So there's that. Store manager killed in Goldsboro armed robbery was an Air Force veteran. And this is Goldsboro, North Carolina. An Air Force veteran was killed during an armed robbery at a family dollar here in the East over the weekend. That's according to WRAL. He reports the store manager Alexander Thomas was behind the register at the 1403 Wayne Memorial Drive location in Goldsboro when a robbery suspect shot him a Sunday afternoon. The 46-year-old who's an Air Force veteran was taken to Wayne UNC Healthcare where he died. Um yeah. Yes. Um it, it's it's not good out there right now. San Francisco store clerk dies after being beaten with a baseball bat by a thief stealing beer. A San Francisco store clerk has died from his injuries five days after he's brutally beaten with a baseball bat while trying to stop a thief stealing just two bottles of beer. But surveillance footage from the store shows the thief knocking to will down, causing him to strike his head on the floor. He then grabbed the bat and beat him over the head with it before fleeing. Man fatally shoots woman in Miami Gardens big lots before turning gun on himself. Police a man shot and killed a woman inside a store before turning the gun on himself. At a shopping center in Miami Gardens Tuesday night, police said. Police said the man walked into the store, shot the woman, walked outside the store, and then shot himself. Paramedics pronounced them both dead at the scene. Police said the woman was working at the store at the time and said it was a targeted shooting. And then on the flip side, um, O'Reilly store worker charged with murder after fighting a suspected shoplifter. And then from an employee angst standpoint, grocery store workers sent bomb threat to co-workers, Texas cops say. I hope you all die. And then kind of going along with it, theft woes. Major retail CEOs warn of dire shoplifting epidemic after $112 billion in losses causing chains to take drastic measures. The 2023 National Retail Security Survey found the theft-related losses increased from ninety-three point nine billion in twenty twenty-one to one hundred and twelve billion in twenty twenty-two. Retailers are seeing unprecedented levels of theft coupled with rampant crime in their stores, and the situation is only becoming more dire. NRF, Blaine Tag's favorite organization, Vice President for Asset Protection and Retail Operations David Johnson said, "Far beyond the financial impact of these crimes, the violence and concerns over safety continue to be priority for all retailers, regardless of size or category." The survey found that the shrink rate in the 2022 financial year hit 1.6%, up from 1.4% in 2021. That's accounted for almost two-thirds of retailer shrinks. Uh, Retailers told NRF that organized retail crime remained their biggest concern with 67% saying that they saw an increased level of organized crime than in previous years. Los Angeles, San Francisco, Houston, New York, and Seattle were determined to be the top five locations hit hardest by organized retail theft. Even with increased funding and loss prevention, 28% of retailers have ported to start closing stores in certain locations. Another 45% of retailers said they cut the number of hours they're open to combat theft, which, you know, if you're cutting the hours as you're open, you're also cutting the hours of the people that work there. Uh, While 30% reduced or altered their in-store product selection. Retailers are piloting and implementing a number of loss prevention practices to deter, prevent, and mitigate these substantial losses, Loss Prevention Research Council Director Reed has, Hayes said. In addition to enhancing traditional security measures, many are also allocating resources to innovative emerging technologies for future prevention. Um, are we going to get a retail Skynet? It kinda, that's kind of what that sounds like. Um, many retail companies have been transparent about their losses and pointed the finger at theft as the main culprit. Our team continues to face an unacceptable amount of retail theft and organized retail crime, Target CEO Brian Cornell said on a conference call. Shrink remains consistent with our expectations, but well above the sustainable level where we expect to operate over time. And unfortunately, safety incidents associated with theft are moving in the wrong direction. Dick's Sporting Goods executives echoed a similar sentiment about their earnings. The impact of theft on our shrink was meaningful to both our Q2 results and our go-forward expectations for the balance of the year. The admission from Dick's caused their stock to drop by 25%. We thought we had adequately reserved for it. However, the number of incidents, the organized retail crime impact came in significantly higher than we anticipated. The NRF survey also found that thieves are targeting a variety of products. The most commonly stolen items range from high ticket, high fashion items to everyday essentials that can be resold quickly. And then there was the nonsense that, that happened Over the past couple of days uh, More than 50 arrested following night of looting Throughout Philadelphia, Mayor says Large crowds, mostly consisting of juveniles Looted multiple stores and damaged property Across Philadelphia, Tuesday night, police said It was around 8 p.m. when officials said Police started receiving calls that large crowds Were making their way into the center city Among the stores looted were Foot Locker And the Apple store near 15th and Chestnut Streets And a Lululemon Store in the area I don't even know how to say that, anyway um, And then, once again, still surge Major retail chains claim TikTok videos with 9 billion views causing shoplifting boom and issue dark warning to employees. A new generation of shoplifters has been learning how to commit crime on TikTok with videos about theft getting millions of views. As retail theft has risen all over the U.S. in the last few years, TikTok videos about getting away with shoplifting has surged in popularity. On the social media platform, the hashtag BorrowTipsAndTricks had previously amassed 8.9 billion views in new york post reported experts believe that theft is on the rise because of the popular tiktok videos according to san antonio cbs affiliate kens tv videos under hashtag gave viewers disturbing insight into how to how thieves steal from stores without getting caught tiktokers have also rated which stores were the easiest to steal from naming walmart walgreens or dollar tree oh boy Um, They also gave advice on what to do should you be approached by employees while committing a crime. If a worker asks what you're doing, looking for, say something like, oh, I was looking for a random item, but they are sold out. A now deleted TikTok advised. Another quote-unquote borrowing TikToker told her followers the easiest way she learned how to steal. While the borrow tips and tricks hashtag has now been blocked on TikTok, there are so many so-called borrowing videos that are easily found on the app. So I guess social media theft is uh, we're we're borrowing stuff now. Um, And then this kind of nonsense continues his reign of terror. TikToker Mizzy faces the Internet's wrath after posting a video of himself destroying a convenience store. 18-year-old Mizzy, a TikToker known for his prank videos, recently found himself in hot water. He was charged by the police after an investigation following the destruction of a convenience shop. However, when he appeared in court on Saturday, July 8th, he pleaded not guilty to three violations of a criminal behavior order imposed on him for a quote-unquote prank video. His most recent video featured him and a group of his friends in a convenience store where they proceeded to demolish the entire store while the clerk looked at them in disbelief. As he swung the camera around the shop, he tossed things off the shelves and said, quote, reality is an illusion, bro. What all of this, bro? Fuck your shop, bro. It's an illusion, bro. Uh-huh. Great. And then TikTokers are dropping buckets on the heads of unsuspecting shoppers, but the viral prank took a dangerous turn at a California target. A trend on TikTok features videos of people putting buckets or baskets on strangers' heads as they shop. One mother was a recent victim of the prank while she was at a Target in Tustin, California. Lana Clay Monahan says she lost consciousness after four middle schoolers. Let me read it one more time. Four middle schoolers assaulted her. When I turned around, it was a group of male individuals filming me. I know they were filming me because the camera light was on. They all had their phones, and they were laughing, she added. The rapidly changing lighting and panicked breathing were a recipe for triggering her epilepsy, Clay Monahan told Insider. Police say Clay Monahan then fainted, and security footage shows the boys running out of the store. Paramedics were called in, who took her to a local hospital. So, Um, let me take a look at the chat here. Irish, I'm sure you have plenty to add, uh, when we get (laughs) through this. Um, let's see, uh, what we got, what we got. Um, Harvard says we just had a store meeting about fourth quarter safety and they all thought I was kidding when I said, if there's a gunman in the store, you don't help anyone. You just run if you can. Use a customer as a human shield to do so, but get your ass to safety. Uh, I agree with that. Um, Mad Dog says, saw an article where a fast food worker shot a customer from the drive through window. Yes, over curly fries. That is correct. Um, I forget which location it was. But, yeah, I watched the video. She did. She just started capping the car. Um, <laughs> prior to that, they were throwing fries at each other. Um Let's see. BlameTag says, I uh, write David Johnston heavily in Monday's article. Cool. Because BlameTag loves the NRF. Um, Hybrid says, we actually do have an AI system that red flags behavior. Yeah, it's coming. Uh, Bigger than that. Alex says, I'm starting to wonder if this whole organized retail crime thing is actually real or if it's just corporations fear mongering. Have any of you actually witnessed this? Uh, yes. In past life, I have. It's, it's a real thing. It is a very, very real thing. Um, Hybrid says, no, there's actually organized retail crime. There was a group that tried at my store and did it did another. Correct. 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 Um, Howard also said, wasn't Mizzy the one who got arrested for stalking earlier this year and said, fuck Texas, because he kept going in and out while there was a warrant out for him? I believe so. I believe so. So all of this, just to say, you look from start to finish of what we we just covered. This is supposed to be a job for teenagers. We don't deserve more than minimum wage. This is the shit we put up with. And before I go on my rant, I want Irish to give his thoughts on what we just heard. Well, there's a, there's quite a lot of headlines
0: you went through there. I'm not really sure which one to pick and in what order, but, um, the, the, the ones about the pranks, first of all, right? Like that's, that falls for me into the category of vandalism, you know, um, and I don't think there's an appropriate punishment that humanity has come up with to deal with that, because that is I haven't actually experienced it personally. But when I see these idiots online um, that are destroying stores or just 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 being a nuisance to people for likes and clicks, I, I don't know. I don't know how to deal with them. It's just it's a, it's it's some sort of a disorder Um But it's also interesting, one of the ones that jumped out for me there was uh, the the store that thought that it was an appropriate response to shoplifting to reduce hours. Now, that tells you two things. They don't know how to deal with shoplifting. You know, less eyes on the floor is not going to help. And second of all, there's an implicit message there. It's your fault and you're being punished for it. We're going to make you pay via the hours to make up for the losses we're having in shoplifting by cutting your hours and reducing controllable expenses, you know? Um, and like there's a, there's a number, uh, most of the other headlines there, um, that the first one that you read out there, um, I sympathize with that. I I don't know the full story behind it, uh, where some guy came back after he was released, um, to, uh, that just sounds like, uh, an individual on a vendetta, uh, but it shows the real de- the real danger that 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 some people face um, by 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 virtue of the fact that they're they're just doing their job. I have a lot less sympathy uh, to be quite honest with you, um, with people who like you know jump over you know c- counters to uh, tackle. Um, shoplifters. I mean, you're, you're mm-hmm. getting yourself into, in into trouble there. And that would, I think we spoke at length about that in the, in the last show. There's no harm that we do it again. Um, no, I, 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 I don't know if I'm misquoting. I'm pretty sure it was mad dog that said act your wage mm-hmm. in that episode. Um, you know, and that, 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 that's, that's more or less where I would come from. It's like, you know, you should act your wage. Are, are you getting paid to put yourself in danger? No, because you know, no, I mean, you know, if somebody comes in um, uh, and, and steals something, you, you, you do your, I would do my job and I do my job up to a point. You know, I, I make record of it. I burn off CCTV footage. Uh, I have um, I, I have confronted people in the past before. But am I going to go out of my comfort zone and put myself into legitimate danger? For the rate of pay that I get? Absolutely not. Not my job. I'll pass it on to the authorities. And if they want to deal with it, they do. And if if my employer wants to uh, decrease uh, shoplifting, it certainly isn't going to be by reducing the hours people are on the shop floor. You know, uh, they need to invest in appropriate uh, methods
1: um, to reduce that. Yeah. I mean, I was always taught customer service them to death. But... You know, one of the big themes to me about, like, what we're going to talk about tonight is, and and this is where the heart-to-heart comes from, is to all of you out there, friend or foe, maybe I've met you, maybe I haven't, maybe I've worked with you, maybe I haven't. Guys, seriously, it's not worth it. Now, at its face value, you can look at the story about the CVS manager, okay? I've said before in the past when you approach people you don't know what they're going through. You don't know how close they are to the edge. None of us do, okay? None of us are mind readers. We 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 don't have that. So you you never know what button you're going to push when you go. Now, I'm not saying that you just let people unimpeded do whatever there are proper ways to go around it. And as I said previously, you know, I was always taught customer service somebody to death to they just leave. You know, if you've seen somebody that you know no stealing, hey, do you need a basket for that? Or, hey, can I get this for you? Or, hey, you know, w- would you like a bag? Or whatever you need to do just to put the point across that this person knows, okay, I'm busted dead to rights. Okay? So, CBS made the decision not to prosecute. Now, I don't know the details to that. I don't know if it was a loss prevention call. If CVS would have decided to prosecute, most likely that individual would have left in cuffs and got a transport somewhere free of charge, and that store manager might still be alive. However, we don't know the details of what the conflict was but here you have somebody who was released and told charges were not going to be brought against them. They still took the time, even though they were not going to jail to go home and grab a gun, come back, tell people in the store to get all of the customers out and killed the store manager. And that's where you have to be careful. I mean, there's a lot we don't know. We don't know what transpired in the original conversation. We don't know if the store manager said something that triggered this guy. And chances are, if, if this guy was triggered enough to get away and know they're not going to jail and judging by his comment saying, you know, Oh, he's not talking shit anymore. Something obviously was said that was inappropriate at the time to trigger this person. And that's where conflict resolution comes in. And that's where companies really fail on what managers should and should not say. I know emotion gets in the way. I get that. I, I do. But something obviously was said or done during the altercation that flipped this guy. And once again, it goes back to, like I said, you never know who you're dealing with. You never know what they're going through. And you never know how close they are to the end. And people just just can't understand this. They just, they, they, they just refuse to wrap their head around this. There was a comment that was very striking to me in that article that the spouse talked about how he ran his store in such a way. This is a family that's completely balled in to the retail way of life. And, 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 and the retail, you know, I'm a great store manager. I control everything and whatnot. And guys, let me tell you, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm not saying let people walk out the door. Okay. Make an effort. But always now, especially with, you know, how life is out there on the streets, so to speak, you have to be very careful about what you say and what you do. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we're watching retail become one of the most dangerous careers out there. Think about that for a minute. You know, you sign up to go stock shelves. You're working in a dangerous situation. Whether you you know, believe it or not. And I would caution everybody, leave your deputy dog badge in your pocket. Use the customer service technique to try to keep people from stealing, but don't elevate it so much that you put your life at risk. I see it all the time. I've seen it everywhere I've ever worked. I've had managers work, you know, assistant managers that would go after people and I'd have to be like, "Yo, you need to calm down, man. That, that's, that's not, we don't do that. And, oh, well, you know, I don't understand why people get so offended about it because there is a shrink reserve. And what's really funny is, you know, you look at the stats, you know, we went from like 1.4 to 1.6. Yeah, it's a lot of money. But just to let you guys know, the Dollar Tree I ran in the roughest part of town, if we got a 4% shrink, 4%, not 1.4, not 1.6. If we got a 4% or lower, my boss and the company thought that was a fucking win. So, come on. Irish. Yeah, it, it, like it it sort
0: of depends um on on a couple of things but uh, like the way the way to to deal with it varies from I suppose the type of store that you're in and the location that you're in because like you know there, there are sometimes your your store location is is just got a a, a higher propensity to attr- to attract petty theft you know but um th- there's uh, there's a lot of people unaware out there um about their own store policies a lot of places have a policy in place that they often the managers don't even sometimes know or tell you about that you are not to try and tackle um, shoplifters or anyone stealing for insurance reasons. So it's not for your safety for the most part. It's usually because they don't want to get sued if you tackle someone to the ground and or it turns out that they weren't stealing or or, or whatever the case may be. And there have been instances, instances where people have lost their jobs for doing what they thought was the right thing and preventing right. theft in the store. Um, always remember, it comes back to a numbers game. You are a number on an Excel sheet at the end of the day. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, some places do, they have this expectation that you would go above and beyond and, and, and chase someone down the street. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, in the past, I, I, I have done that. Um, when I started off in retail once, I remember chasing someone down the street after he stole it, uh, something or other. Uh, he dropped it and kept running, you know. So I just picked it up and went back to the store. But like, I don't know what my plan was if I
1: caught up to the guy, right? You know? <laughs> I, well, you, I did, you know. <laughs> well, what what's interesting is my management arc. Okay, when I first started in management, when when I got into it, I started at Office Max. Now, I have to be honest. I have worked and was mentored by great people and great leaders who expressed to me in the very beginning, and now we're talking like in the early 90s. I have carried with me the message from all of them telling me, you're not a police officer. We have a shrink reserve. Don't put yourself in danger. They're not stealing from you. Okay? maybe there's lots of other managers out there that haven't had that, but every person I've dealt with that, that kind of prepared me for my journey all said the same thing. Don't get in the way, follow policy and procedure. It's not worth it. Now, on the flip side, you made a good comment about, you know, managers thinking they're doing the right thing regardless of policy. And I think the thing about that that bothers me the most is there is this quiet. um, What's the word I'm looking for here? This quiet acceptance. If you stop somebody from stealing by violating what the policies are and you didn't get hurt. It's like, hey, great job. Great job. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 put the company first. You you save this money. G- good job. Good job. And there are people I know that have went through complete strings of years of that kind of backdoor um, praise, and then that one time, they're doing the exact same thing they've basically been encouraged to do. They get hurt, and there's a workman's comp claim, and guess what? You violated company policy. You're fired. So it's all well and good until there becomes a liability. And that's the thing that concerns me the most about the people. You know, some of of these people that do this, their heart really is in the right place. They hate thieves. They hate the fact that somebody's stealing the company they work for and whatnot. And during those times, they never have a little voice in their head saying, well, you know what, if I get hurt, I'm getting fired. And those same people are going to be pissed off, angry, and mad that they've done so much for this company and they were trying to do the quote-unquote right thing and they lost their job. Guys, it's not worth it. Don't be a mother or a father that doesn't return home to their family over something as simple as a bar of fucking soap or two cans of fucking beer. I mean, seriously. You know, that energy that you use to act like your deputy dog and and your your robocop of the store and whatnot use that energy to protect your family don't use it to protect the company you work for i mean just just stop yeah
0: it's this is um this might be a a, a bit of a stretch but like what i don't understand sometimes is 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 the, the 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 attitude uh that 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 some people have um, when they're so worked up by people stealing in the store. I'm not condoning it for a second, but what I'm saying is they take it personally. You know, they take it uh, like 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 they 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 have this kind of this is my store, no one steals from it kind of uh, attitude. Right. And 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 they, you know, in some ways that's admirable. And they think that they're protecting their job and somehow because they listen to headlines like, oh, stores close because of shoplifting. I have never heard of a store closing exclusively because of shoplifting. Sales might be down as well or something. There's always a, uh, other factors. But what I don't understand is like they don't have the same attitude to other things that affects their their likelihood of, of, of uh, keeping their hours or, or 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 their job where, you know, corporate makes up some you know, stupid policy or cuts hours or or things like that, that will also affect sales in the store or customer service and all these different things that would actually, you know, secure your employment longer term where you know, people keep coming back. But they get fixated on little things. Like, I, I think it's because they want the the validation, like you were saying, oh, good job, you know, well done. You know, did you hear that X, Y, and Z stopped a shoplift the other day? Or I don't know. There's something a bit off with that logic you know it you know it should be a bit more consistent if you if you really do care about your 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 store and its profitability that much then you should you should care about all the different things including when corporate makes dumb ass decisions you should feed that you know uh, feedback to them as well the other thing i'll say anecdotally now this is this is some. if you ever actually spent a lot of time looking into um, petty theft in, in in retail. It is not the people you think. There,
1: there's. A, a, you
0: are one hundred
1: and ten percent correct.
0: Yeah. They're like they're, everyone, when they start off, I have this image in mind, and sometimes they might be right. You know, uh, of this a classic show, man. I have, I have seen. I'm twenty odd years in this, and I, I have seen every. Color spectrum, age group, everything—I've seen it organized by people you wouldn't think. And and like you've got little old ladies sometimes that that uh, you know are, are regular customers, and they've been robbing you blind for years, but no one pays them any notice because they're it little old Yeah, it doesn't fit into the classic image in their heads. And like if, so, if you really wanted to stop things like shoplifting on, uh, and bring those numbers down from like you know one and a half percent to to half that you have to kind of expand your mind a little bit and stop looking at the most obvious low hanging fruit because it's it there's a lot more to it than that um, that's just my my own experience and and the thing is the, you know the, the people that 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 are probably the most obvious right that that you think you know that that you might recognize them as serial shoppers they're the most likely to
1: kick your head in yeah you know so like you well know, you're you know. right Because especially like where I work, I I can tell you, you know, there, uh, look, let's just get it out there. There are stereotypes, right? We know this, okay? But I can tell you that in a lot of situations, those are wrong, way wrong, way wrong. And, you know, I've always said that, you know, when you come to, like, trying to stereotype people and and you break it into, like, colors and whatnot, they're, they're the same on both sides. I mean, you know, you you can say, you know, one group is one way. Well, guess what? The other group has the exact same fucking thing, period. It, it, it's it's equal. I, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. It is 100% equal. You know, I'm mean, here in the South. You got fucking, you know, white Meth head, trailer park, trash, theft, you know, stealing shit and selling at a flea market to get more money to make drugs and whatnot. Look, it's rampant. And so the stereotypes do not work. They don't. Um, and that's why good LP companies and good LP officers know that. it's It's about actions. It's not about what you look like. It's about, oh, somebody's acting weird. And it's not about what you look like. It's about you're acting fucking weird. And then they figure it out. But there was something here that I I wanted to address. Alex, you said, uh, where can I find it? Um, You said you worked in retail and you were a store manager. And you never, ever heard of a shrink reserve. Is that correct? Because that's some poor communication from the top down because it's my understanding that all store managers know about shrink percentages and shrink reserves. And and I say that. I also want to touch on Dollar Tree real quick because, you know, the TikTok thing talked about how Dollar Tree, which is, you know, one of the easiest places to steal from. Well, number one, let me tell you why. Because there's no staff. Um The store I worked at on a Saturday morning, it was me and a cashier. About lunchtime, it would get busy. The cashier and I were the only people on the register, and there were lines backed up, and I had people filling baskets full of stuff walking out the door and waving at me, saying, Bye! And I knew. I knew. Um, when I first took over the store, I took um, over that needed help in a really bad area of town, which is a, a very hot topic of conversation amongst my folks this past few weeks. But anyway... When I took that store over, um, I was coming in after an inventory. Now, I'm not going into percentages, I'm going into the dollars here. All right. So I don't remember the exact figure. I will tell you it was between 40,000 and 60,000. I think it was around 53, 4, somewhere around there, damn near 60,000. At that point in time, when I worked at Dollar Tree, everything was a dollar or less. So at face value, if let's just say it was $54,000 worth of shrink, that's 54,000 pieces of merchandise. So why are they easy to steal from? Because guess what? They got nobody. If you and, and people that still professionally know what managers do what, they know which managers sit in the office all night long, they know how the front ends operate. Professional thieves know this shit. They case joints. They know when nobody is quote unquote in charge and everybody's just chilling on their phones and nobody's watching and they walk in and they get whatever the fuck they want. That's the other thing, you know, that's that onus is on, on the stores and that's training. You know, if you do not have an active presence on the floor and you have an entire front end, who are fixated on their cell phones and you have managers that are sitting on their sitting in the office and they're not walking the store. Well, guess what? When that word gets around town that on this night and this night and this night, these things are going on, they're going to rob you fucking blind. And guess what? It goes back to what I said about customer servicing people to death. If you were on the floor active and walking the store and seeing what was going on, guess what? It'll go down. The other part of it is the prosecution. You know, you look at the CBS thing, they let him go, and he came back. If he would have been arrested, he wouldn't have come back, okay? Retailers need to start prosecuting, okay? If you want this to stop, it, it, you know, quit giving us the these holidays of, like, you know, loss prevention, whatever. Stop it. Get these companies behind actually saying, all right, I don't care if it was $5 or $500. You're going to jail, and we're going to prosecute you, and we're going to send you to jail for $5. fucking Until you start doing that, it's going to continue. Because right now, the general consensus is the thieves feel like, oh, nothing's going to happen to them, and they're just going to keep trying. And, uh, and it, I don't care if it's a dollar. Get hard about it. It'll stop. But they won't. And why is that? Because legal fees are really, really high, right? So they'll talk about shrink reserves, and they'll talk about how much is getting stolen, but they don't want to put out the legal fees to prosecute somebody for something cheap. You know, there's a shrink reserve. Part of these companies telling us at what point they'll actually prosecute somebody. Because I guarantee you, it ain't no more than it's got to be close to a thousand dollars before they even decide to take somebody to court because of the legal fields. Prosecute, it'll stop it. Doesn't matter if it's a penny or a hundred thousand dollars, prosecute them, it'll stop. Quit whining to the press, quit cutting people's hours, quit saying that, oh, it's the biggest problem in retail send people to fucking jail and it will stop irish
0: yeah well recently i i think i actually forgot to send you this article but recently there was um an item in one of our uh, newspapers where somebody was um convicted for like some sort of record number of times for for shoplifting as a um predictable enough story about you is you know someone that suffered from um dr- drug problems you know and uh they've been involved in petty death. no it's never violence around like that but like t- t- evidently they weren't a very good shoplifter because they they racked up close to a thousand convictions <laughs> or shoplifting you know and uh like so sometimes prosecuting uh it, it'll work on, on, on in certain circumstances but you know there, there, there are wider problems like that it's it's, it's there's always going to be a stubborn level of shoplifting that you, you is going to be there and you just have to kind of manage it like you manage other issues in 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 the store um but the the most important message i'm trying to put out there to people is like don't be that hero though you know it's not your Man. money they have they they have things like reserves in place. They, there's next there's a certain amount that they expect to, to to lose to to theft. And I I remember I I did work for a retailer before that had a stubbornly high um, uh, theft problem, or so they thought. Um, uh, but it was a numbers game, right? Because they had uh, a team of managers working in this. It was a It was a big box store, a large store, and uh, the shrinkage rate was really high there. So they they actually sent in a team from corporate. To uh, figure out, you know, uh, what the theft rate was, and they they came back and they realized it was no greater than anywhere else. And guess what was happening? The managers in that store from the from the the, the, the GM manager, they were right. Instead of writing off breakages, it, they, he wanted to keep the numbers down, so they didn't. So they had Ooh. a suspiciously low. Breakages rate, which is a natural thing in retail. It's a like normal, everyday, part of the course, bro- shit gets broken. So right. they didn't write anything off. So eventually, when they do stock takes or whatever else, it was all written off as theft. Now, oh. it's unknown. It, it was unknown how much of it was theft and how much of it was breakages because there was no record kept of breakages. And he did that to keep his numbers... Low. it was the artificial artificially low numbers okay, okay so you know? so he
1: did that to keep his in-store performance numbers good exactly and, to keep, oh, keep
0: all yeah, exactly you know and and to, and to, and to get a pat on the back from the G, from the regional like you know it's uh, so sometimes numbers aren't exactly what they th- you think they are either you're like, right but look what w- w- what i'm saying is like there there's a you it's no surprise to me that the the stores that have um, lower staff numbers, that have items that are, you know, uh, very low in in terms of their dollar value, have a higher rate of theft. Because like you mentioned there, a lot of stores won't bother to call the authorities if the, you know, the the amount wasn't very high, because there's just a lot of bother involved in that. And of course, you want to get repeat offenders then, and people know that if you steal from there, they're not going to do anything. And it's a kind of a, it has a, a, an infinite loop kind of effect. But look, you can put in some provisions, but like if, if you don't try and s- like, don't don't be the hero and don't pretend that that shrinkage is a, a, is a real threat to your job. They'll tell you it is. Oh, look, if the shrinkage rate is too high, we'll close the store. That's bullshit. The shrinkage rate
1: would have, I mean, what would the shrinkage rate have to be in a dollar store? Well, you know, to close, I- you know? I have to stop you on that one because now it's gotten to the point where they're, uh, they are closing stores. And, and, and that's yeah. the crazy part. Um, real quick, Irish, there's something that came through the chat. So Alex says he was a manager at Sam Goody and no one ever mentioned Serink Reserve. Well, sir, I was a manager for Blockbuster Music. And let me just tell you that the music stores didn't fucking care. When I was a manager for Blockbuster Music, it was during the No Limit Records era where you had a new album coming out from No Limit every single week. And they were getting stolen every single week. And no one cared. Because, in my case, we got so much money off of Ticketmaster fees that the Ticketmaster sale sometimes helped cushion the loss. And um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised that Sam Goody didn't tell you about that, having said that. Um, Mad Dog also said, my boss just told me to stop calling empty packages known theft and do it as stored damages. Why? I want not pad numbers. Hey, that's bullshit. If there's an empty package, is stolen. So that right there. That that right there. That is your district manager wanting to put blame on stores and not talking about how much theft there is. And that's bullshit. That's exactly what this. That's a DM trying to cover his store's ass over theft. 110%. Call him out on it you know, I, I recently had a conversation with somebody about having a plan B. Have a plan B. Get your plan B in place and let it fucking fly if you're dealing with the truth. Tell the truth. Because Iris, I mean, you, you hear that? It's like the boss just said, stop calling empty packages known theft and do it as store damages.
0: Yeah, again, you're just fluffing the numbers. You know, it's not a true reflection of uh, of it, events. Like, and it's no more than like, Look, the, the, this is always going to be there to to, to some extent, um, and I I just think that the responsibility is is uh, the the burden of, uh, of shoplifting is is given too much to the staff. Like f- first of all, you don't have the resources outside of customer servicing them to death, right? Right. You shouldn't put yourself in harm's way. No. Nope. Um, and. If you do catch somebody, sometimes, you know, they don't bother to prosecute or you know various different things. So, like, you know, we're very limited in, in, in certain respects, but yet the hours get cut, which is which is really adding to the problem. You cut the hours. Now there's less eyes and so on. You know, uh, so we're like the, the ordinary kind of staff member will be you know, penalized Um for basically not having the resources to do it. So what do you do? Maybe you overreact and you become overly zealous uh, when it comes to shoplifters and you become, no, no one's going to steal my store and I'm going to make a, you know, a reputation, you know, man, now you're in a high risk category where one day you're going to tackle the wrong person who's high on something or who's just unwell or just, just volatile. And you could end up Losing your job because you didn't realize the, the actual policy was, despite what you're doing for years, the actual policy was you don't tackle shoplifters. And now that, you know, uh, now that the guy broke his ankle when he tried to run out the door and you tackled him to the street, he's suing us. You lost your job. And you know, you realize very quickly how, how dispensable you can be.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. From the point of customer servicing someone to death to getting fucking shot between the eyes, you're expendable.
0: Yeah, and look, your your primary responsibility should be to yourself and your loved ones, like, you know, uh, especially with the, like, and don't forget, now, I don't know how it works in the States necessarily, but there are some major retailers here who basically pass on the losses directly to suppliers, like, in their contracts for the stores, some of our, especially the bigger box stores, they, you know, they will – They will use, like, say, small suppliers for for something, and they get paid based on what gets sold through the cash register. You know, report is printed off, and every 90 days they get a check. But if something is stolen, that small supplier doesn't get paid. You know?
1: So, like, the store sometimes isn't But, you know, that's kind of wrong, because once once the supplier sends the piece, the, the accountability for the merchandise lays on the merchant.
0: Yeah, you see, and look, if you read the small print in some of these things, like, the, 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 you know, sometimes uh, so if it's a really small supplier, and they're trying to break into a, a store, they will sign anything yeah, to try and get, you know, so sometimes they're just exploiting these things. Now, would that hold up in court? Probably not. But is a supplier that's turning over, you know, 100000 a year going to take on big box retail when their lawyer probably costs that a month? You know, they're not going to do that. So that's where the difficulty lies. It's, you know, now, a lot of retailers don't do that, to be fair. Uh, you know, I'm just saying that, that it does exist. Um, and, you know, that just gives you an idea of how much they really care about um, theft at times. So if it doesn't cost them money, they wouldn't give a shit.
1: Well, well you know, it, it's interesting because on the converse side of what Mad Dog said, how many stores and companies out there are counting damages from, let's say, shipping or warehouse handling to shrink? You have to look at it both ways. I mean, you've got somebody saying, hey, count open packages as damages, but would it not stand to reason that there's a lot of companies out there that are saying, count damages as theft? So, <laughs> I mean, think about it. You know, if you've got a shitty warehouse and then, and, and you know, they're sending stuff to stores completely broken. Oh, just counted as theft. You know, so it goes both ways. And and there again comes the whole crux of the entire conversation. You cannot trust the business you work for because you don't know how they're trying to cook the books. Now, we're sitting at like 54 minutes and we're going to get out of here real quick. So I want to go over some a couple of things real real fast to, to end up. So social media. um. There was the article about TikTok. Look, I, I've been off of social media, you know, a pretty good bit, versus what I used to be a year ago, because it's so toxic. and And I've talked about this. I've talked about how social media is just terrible and whatnot. But this is where we're at. We have entire sections of social media teaching people how to steal. You know, it goes back to me saying, and you can go back to the very beginning of the war zone and us talking about weird stuff and me talking about how reality TV fucked everything up. And here we are. You've got people presenting how to steal, how to get free things. And ladies and gentlemen, that's another thing that we have to deal with. And and the way all this ties in, the way that, you know, from the title of the video, A Heart-to-Heart Talk, guys, if you're in this industry, you need to understand that, yes, you need to push for higher wages. You need to push for better working conditions. Because you go back, if you're watching this, in watching it, I recommend because when I have to read off the slides, I, I get ahead of myself and talk too fast and whatnot, and I mess words up and all these other things. But when you look at from slide one to slide five, these are things that we have to deal with every single fucking day. But we've got people out there telling us we don't deserve a living wage. we got people out there telling us this is a job for teenagers, Oh, okay, cool. So you want a teenager to get shot and killed? Oh, okay, I got you. Um, You want a teenager to be in the way of this looting going on, you know, in the iPhone store and getting run over? No, of course not. You know, these are the things that retail workers are dealing with now. And to deal with those kind of things comes at a premium in pay because you're not guaranteeing, Anyone's safety at all. There is no guarantee of safety. Hell, there's no guarantee of training. Conflict resolution is not even a real thing in most of these companies. They want to get out here in the media and talk about shrink and how they're closing stores and, and how it's hurting their bottom line. Well, that's the key it's hurting their bottom line. They don't care that it's hurting you, they don't care that you're in the line of fire. So, recently, we had the UAW strike, right? We had the president, you know, however you view it, whether it was a 12-minute photo op or whatnot, got down there and was telling, you know, how much an hour they should, uh, you know, they should bargain for. Retail is the business that keeps the country going. If you don't believe that, let's go back and revisit covid Remember, we were essential, right? So, if we're so undervalued and we're so uneducated, why could not the leader of the free world survive without all, all of us being quote unquote essential and open, right? So, it's time to demand the same things that the UAW is demanding because the news clippings show it. There's abuse, there's death. There's violence. There's reduction of hours. Things that are out of your control. While you're just there trying to do a job. So my challenge to all of you is figure it out. If this is an industry you want to be in, then get out. Then go. But if you love the industry, help make it better. And how do we do that? I'm not really sure what the path forward is. But it's time. It is absolutely time. So, having said that, we got roughly two minutes. Irish closing statements. Uh, First of all, I just want to acknowledge uh, uh,
0: Blame Tag's wife. There, I'm glad that she used that quote with your neighbor. Um, But uh, look, in in general, uh, you summed it up pretty well there. I think that um, retail retail is a is like the the front line of of of, of how the economy is doing, you know, like there's the first one that will hit the headlines when things go south. Uh, we're essential when whenever there's a weather problem or uh, a pandemic, it's very it becomes very apparent how much people rely on on, on retail. So there, there, there's it's not often given the credit to how much uh, people, you know, rely on it for their everyday lives. And we need to pay, pay people appropriately. For that, you know, for the work that they do, for the risks that they take, Uh, I'm not suggesting for a second it's riskier than being a nurse or being, uh, you know, uh, in law enforcement or anything like that. But you're dealing with the public and with that comes risk and there should be appropriate protections in place that, you know, if there's a shrinkage problem, corporate should take action that's appropriate, not lay the responsibility on the staff to chase people down or to put themselves in the fire line or to threaten them with their hours being cut, because that's when people will act irrationally if uh, shrinkage is too high. Um, and as well as that, I forget which episode it was, Steve, but I think you were talking about in Jesus's craft store. Uh, when the, the, the breakages, they were very, very high. Isn't that correct? Yes,
1: that's correct. Right.
0: So it, there was a there was a very, very high limit where you wouldn't bill the supplier if something came in broke. Uh, uh, until it reached X amount in dollars, is that, about, that is correct? correct. Yes, yeah. So if you want to know about your, that's how much they care, okay. You know, if, if the same amount was was stolen, uh, I think that they would come down hard to the staff and blame them for the same dollar amount being stolen out of the store. But they were happy to write it off as a you know controllable expense because it was they, they deemed it as that's just, just you know part of the course it's just cheaper to take the risk of getting it there rather than packaging it appropriately. Well, you know, the inside of the store is the same. Not every store is going to have the same, you know, layout quite literally, but also they're, they're in different types of areas of social economic problems. They might be all sorts of factors that, that, that go into it, but the staff are limited in how much that they can control without adequate resources from, um, corporate, um, but they're the first ones to get the blame, their hours cut, and store closures based solely on shrinkage, I think that those numbers be very, very low. They blame shrinkage, but I think there's more to the story be, be behind that. So what I'm saying, I suppose, is act your wage. Don't be a hero. You know, there, there is a – have you ever seen that YouTube channel, uh, Gas Station Encounters? Mm, no. Right. It's, it's a very popular YouTube channel. It's a gas station in Ohio, I think, um, where they have, I think it's over a million subscribers where they, uh, basically video, uh, people being caught shoplifting and it's, it's entertaining and everything else, but like, they get a pass because they own the place, you know, that's their actual business, you know, but they're glorifying chasing down shoplifters as well at the same time, you know, don't do that. It's not no. your money. It's insured, and you know you are worth a lot more uh, in the long term uh, by having you know you be by remaining able-bodied, um, and and not having some of the headlines you that you read out there. You know your family don't want to see you either disabled or dead because you try to tackle the wrong person.
1: Yep. So, having said that, real quick, I'm gonna go through some things I see real here. Um, Blame tag, like you said, wanted to say, let you know my wife used, quote, unquote, married to an unfaithful job in a conversation with her neighbor. That's great. Um, Hybrid says, remember to tune into my podcast, Life of a Traveling Salesman, where I ate food in my hotel room. Yep. Um, Mad Dog, calling out the bullshit. Yep. Uh, Blame tag says, it doesn't cover this kind of retail violence, but big article on organized retail theft will be up in the Serving Times Monday morning. Link to his site on Substack in the description of the video. Please go check it out. It's worth it. Uh, Mad Dog says, it's been a nightmare, raised wages and cut hours, raised expectations and reduced our ability to run the business. It's exhausting. So real quick, everything I referenced tonight from an article standpoint, all the links are in the video description. Go check them out in full. Some of them, I cut some stuff out. I just, you know, for the sake of, you know, space and whatnot. I took some parts out and whatnot, but the stories are complete. So, but if you want to read the full thing, please go there. And having said that, given the discussion we're having and considering where we're going versus where we've been, I think we've finally reached a point where the title, The Retail War Zone, is real. Having said that, everyone have a good night, and we'll see you next time.